Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. So, pop quiz hotshot. There's a bus and a bomb on it. Once that bus goes over 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops 50, it blows up. What do you do, Shane? What do you do? Shoot the hostage. So uh, this has been Disaster Artists. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon uh, if you want to support the show. Uh, leave us a review. And until next time, have a nice apocalypse. <laughs> Stay safe and be prepared. Yeah, I mean, the last, that Demolition episode, Demolition Man episode was way too long. So I figured we'd make this one a nice, uh, quick, concise one. So yeah, let, 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 let's, let's go back a little bit, maybe, to, to catch people up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, of course, are talking about uh, the events of the 1994 action movie Speed, the action classic Speed, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, well, I guess before we do get into it, because we, we've, we've technically gotten into it, but uh, I would like to, we, we've made a joke there, but I would like to ask people that if this is the your first time listen, listening to the show, because a lot of people are kind of coming across this pod for some reason, for some reason. They're in the mood for it. Whatever is happening out there in the world, people are suddenly discovering our podcast. Uh, So if you do like it, make sure to subscribe. If you haven't reviewed us before, you'd be amazed how much that actually helps. So that'd be really appreciated if you gave us even just a rating. But uh, you can go that extra step and leave an actual some words as a review. That's yeah, just that's nice great. to read. I don't, I don't know if the actual... I think the rating is the only thing that actually really helps, and the review is just, I guess, helps other people see if they'd like the show, I guess. Yeah, and it's always really nice to read those things. I love the it. The reviews are mainly for us, I guess, the actual words, but the rating just helps the where the show charts and stuff like that, which I still yeah. find bizarre that Apple uses reviews over download numbers for the charts, but... What can you do? Yeah, that's the thing you do. Anyway. Yeah. But, and you can also, if you do want to get some bonus content, we have a Patreon and we're on social media. Interacting with us on social media is the best thing you can do. And I'm just going to leave a link in the description. Just one link because, uh, actually, I don't think I mentioned this to you, but have you heard of this site, Linktree? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's so handy. So I'm just putting Linktree in our descriptions from now on and then once people oh, yeah. click that they get a list of everywhere they can find us and if you join us on discord um you're actually gonna be chatting to us pretty much every day uh, especially these days because yeah um, we're just sitting at home at a computer all day <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> working from home i have uh, so i'm working from home and i brought my pc home from like the office and have a setup at home right beside my own pc so what i keep doing is i have two pcs on like next to me two screens two mouths two keyboards and i just keep going from one to the other depending on what i'm doing well, well that's um, good if if you're if your boss is using peak or one of those softwares yeah, yeah. they don't know that you're actually just arsing about on your other computer <laughs> well it just means it keeps me um just doing just work on my work pc yeah definitely. well yeah that's good too uh, and yeah, I guess worth mentioning then to people listening, maybe for the first time, this isn't how we normally record the podcast. We are normally in the same room, but that option yeah. is not available to us. So we're recording yeah. this through through a site called Zencaster, which actually shout out to Zencaster, and this they're not sponsoring us or anything, but they have a pretty awesome site, and 
because of this whole coronavirus lockdown BS, they made their uh, they made a free for the duration, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. They do they have a free version where you can you you can record up to. I think it's even pretty good the free version. It's like you can record ten hours of audio. Oh, but, but it's ten hours max. Ten hours max and two guests, and it records as one like mono track. Okay. But now with this all going on, it's unlimited audio up to I think all, any, uh, whatever their maximum guests is, it's that, and everything's recorded as individual stereo tracks. That's cool. Yeah, really and they could have really they didn't have to do that. They could have done a thing where they just like upped the hour usage or so. You know, they didn't have to do the full yeah, yeah. free thing. But it was re- re- pretty cool that they did. But I think uh, we should probably get into the topic of conversation. Yeah, Sandra Bullock's uh, amazing career. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're of course doing speed, which this I I feel like this was like almost a cultural milestone in some regards like this film was fucking huge when i was a kid oh it was massive it was everywhere like it's so this is the first film i can remember like there being like like a demand for in the the video store in my hometown we had two video stores in my hometown and i remember when this was when this was released like there was like advertising the posters on the window for like weeks leading up to like when this was coming out and because like back in the day like you you only got to the cinema on like your birthday and stuff or at least yeah, i yeah, did no, so like this was a big deal and then when it came out it was like it was people had booked it like you know it, back in the day as well like small town video stores only got like at best two copies of a big release like this and it was booked out for like three weeks and I, I, I remember, I what age? It's ninety four, wasn't it? So I'd have only been eight. So it must have been. Out, it probably came out in video ninety five. Well, Ireland, it was probably probably two thousand and three. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably you're right. It's probably ninety five. And I don't know. Maybe then it, it, it would have probably been my older brother that had booked it or whatever. But I just remember going to pick it up, and it not being back yet and i had to like cycle Ugh. out to, out to endrum which is like out on the out like outside of the town like i lived in like a, a small like not quite a village but americans would probably consider it a village but then even further yeah. out there was like the the farm country area like a three mile yeah. cycle when you're 10 years old or whatever and I had to cycle out to collect it off the people who had it and then when i got out there like they weren't home I just had to go back. And then I, was I, love, like, I love that that's we, such a country thing of like, oh, you can go collect it from their house. Like the yeah. other customer. That's hilarious. Yeah. And like I had paid for it because thinking, well, I'll cycle to Endrum, get it. And then I won't, I won't have to cycle back into town. I'll just go home and watch it. But they weren't <laughs> home. So I had to cycle back to the video store. So yeah, they weren't there. Give me my money back. <laughs> and i can't you get, remember you get your two pound 50 back or whatever. yeah yeah I, it's funny my memory uh is of the day i didn't see it <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know if it was but it was that it was that era it was that time period anyway and i remember we had an extra vision and then we had another place i think it was just called the video store up in the big smoke he had that we had to go my to small town. yeah yeah and, and Small town on the outskirts of the big smoke. 
yeah, yeah. And um, it was the same thing. I remember going into like whatever it was, say Extra Vision, which was our blockbuster, and they didn't have it. And so then we went to the other video store, like down the village somewhere else, and they also didn't have it. And it was the same thing. I remember doing something like that with a movie. I don't know. I I don't know if it was speed, but it was something like that. Um, like you're standing there waiting because the customer's on their way back with it or something. Mm. I remember doing that with other stuff. And yeah. like I always remember that. Like there's that thing of like you'd be in the queue and you'd get to the top of the queue, and the guy would be like, oh, "I don't have it in yet." And someone at the back of the queue would be like, "Oh, I'm just bringing it back." But you'd have to wait for them to get to the top of the queue then for the guy to check it in and then check it in and you'd be you'd be standing there for so long i never understood why it always took so long for them to like process a video for you like yeah. for them to like scan it into your system and out and i think they used to do it on purpose to make you like buy popcorn or bags of m&ms or it was up at the counter <laughs> maybe, you know? maybe the clever ones did yeah yeah because it's funny to me it was just something that should have just taken like 10 seconds to do the the guy who owned the video store in my town when i was a teenager i started working in the video store but even when i was very young because like i would be so mad to get whatever film i wanted i'd be willing to cycle out to endrum for it he, <laughs> he 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 saw something in that so he would use me to collect videos that hadn't been returned and then he would just allow me he would give me free rentals for the weekend if i just went and collected all the ones that hadn't been sent back yet what an amazing job. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So you'd go and you'd, you'd collect like 10 videos and then get two for the weekend. And he was probably taking advantage of me. But it was a good deal at the, when you're a 12-year-old with no job and no money. Like, But as like a 12-year-old, would he let you take out like Predator that was like 18? That was, the, like that. that was the, yeah, I think that was the big thing too. Yeah, yeah that's cool. But um. Yeah, but I just, uh, yeah, I just remember specifically Speed just having like such a demand for it. And as we're talking there, I think I actually remembered how I eventually saw it. I think it was in school, like the, (laughs) the older kids had like had a copy of it and were watching it in the video room after school one day. And then a bunch of us just stayed and watched it. I think that's how I seen it for the first time. Like, why, why is, like, because I watched it last night, and I was like, the hook of the movie nowadays just doesn't seem that big a deal. Like, there's a bomb on the bus, and if you go below 50, it'll blow up. But, like, at the time, I remember just being so, like, wowed by that concept. It, it, it was such a thrilling concept, like, yeah. Where nowadays, it's just, like, I was watching it the night, and I was like, yeah, no, like, yeah, I, get, I get that. But I just, like, to my memory, it was just such a amazing concept but how many movies kind of were born out of it like you think of like a lot of like late 90s movies even like so speed was i can't remember the director's name but he was the op for die hard right yeah yeah. directed speed john not john john tiernan Uh, no he just directed die hard john de bont is the director's name and he was the director the cinematographer on i think die hard yeah but maybe die hard too as well but then it done this weird thing where speed ended up influencing all the other action movies like if you watch die hard with a vengeance it's a bad guy on the phone action movie it's very like yeah yeah and that became there was a there's one with i can't remember which film it was but there was another 90s action movie with john malkovich as the villain and he was the the villain on the phone 
Oh, fuck, yeah. It just became a, after speed, that was the thing to do. And it didn't stop, like, up until, like, phone boot with Colin Farrell was still doing it. Yeah, that was kind of the last one, because it was... That was, yeah, well, that, and that was about, like, the, fo- the the last phone boot in New York or something. That was yeah. almost like a, like, the epilogue to that genre of films. But even I would say, like, films like Saw are very influenced by it. The whole, like, a trap and, like, a, a payback on somebody who, who wronged this character you're not thinking of in the line of fire where he's like trying to kill the president john Malkovich, you know that could be it i'm just remembering there's a bit of back and forth with him on the phone with and it's clint eastwood but um came out the year before oh okay maybe yeah so maybe i'm wrong on that one and i'm just remembering scenes as opposed to like the the entire film but either way it definitely it definitely like changed the genre It, it almost like scream Oh, and Scream is another bad guy on the phone oh, movie. It is, yeah. All, all comes together. And um, but yeah, what's it Falling Down or Breaking Down? What's it called? Falling Down is falling with down. Um, I Well, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Michael Douglas, no? Yeah, yeah. But, and you know, if we're talking about cultural impacts, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Speed 3. <laughs> Not this, Speed 2. Speed 2 was shit. Speed 3? I didn't know yeah. there was Speed 3. Come on, you've seen Speed 3, Shane. Have I? Pat Mustard. Losing his job. Losing his job. <laughs> as the milkman. It took me a second. So um, for a lot of listeners, for anybody outside of Ireland, the UK and Australia, uh, some Americans have seen Father Ted, but most of you haven't. Uh, Father uh, Ted was a 90s sitcom uh an irish british co-production yeah technically like irish in tone and like a, a very irish sitcom but was like produced by channel 4 a british company but there's yeah, this whole debate on whether it's british or irish it's it's both it can be it's both. both it's irish creators writers actors and it filmed in ireland it's just paid for by an english production company but a lot of the crew were english so, so yeah and i think a lot of it was actually filmed in england like all the set stuff but it's like you know would would you call lord of the rings a new zealand film well yeah exactly yeah it's a it's a hollywood production but yeah it was shot in new zealand and yeah, yeah. new zealand director and majority new zealand crew anyway it can be bought point is <laughs> It was fucking great. <laughs> I can't believe you got me with that. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah so but they don't in, episode. Yeah, you yeah, tell them. So in Father Ted, it's about three priests living together on a small island, and uh, the milkman gets fired because he's sleeping with all the housewives in the area, and they all get mm. pregnant, and all the babies look like him. It's really funny. And <laughs> the priests, the two priests, are. It begins. They're doing the annual uh, baby judging contest, <laughs> yeah. and they've noticed a lot of hairy babies <laughs> because your man, he's the milkman's real hairy, and he's got like mutton chops and stuff. And so he gets fired, and then the young priest decides he'd always loved to be a milkman, so he takes up the job, and then. The milkman out of revenge plants a bomb on the milk float, but of course the milk, milk float goes at like five miles per That's hour. That's it. It's like once it goes over four miles an hour, it'll be activated. If it goes below four, <laughs> it's so good. Like there's, it's. I actually watched or started watching the episode as I was waiting for you to come on to Zencaster. Yeah, 
<laughs> what was really funny and so for american listeners actually if you have a vpn or if you use like opera browser where it gives you a, a vpn you can log on you can set up an account on channel 4 uh, for on demand for od and you can watch it for free if you are curious yeah. to see father ted you can get season three episode three this specific episode yeah. but if you want to get like a, a taste of irish comedy just watch father ted in general <laughs> Oh, I need, I need to watch Speed 3 after this now. But what was just really, just so darkly comedic was that the ad that played before I watched it was a road safety <laughs> ad. Oh, no. I know, like, obviously, is that the algorithm? that They're not playing that ad for everything on 4OD. Yeah. I'm just looking at my shelf. I have the box set of Father Ted, so now I need to marathon all of Father Ted episode. over quarantine that's actually one of the best episodes yeah oh no i think it is it has been voted the best we when we talk about our patreon i think as an example of patreon exclusive episodes before i've always said that maybe we'd do speed as a main episode and speed two as a patreon because that'd never be a main episode no we need to do speed three yeah let's skip speed two okay so no more no more speed three talk we'll do that as an actual commentary with video and stuff yeah Oh, we could do that too, actually. Either way, yeah. a normal episode based on Speed 3 or a commentary. Yeah. But it's funnier cool. now if we completely avoid Speed 2. Yeah. Yeah. Because Speed 2, like, I'm not going to dwell on that, but what an absolute shit film. Yeah, I've only seen it once. It's just the same yeah, movie, it's... but it's a boat, and it, it carries as being recast. Yeah, and not recast, well, recast technically, but he clearly, he didn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know his reasoning for do- not wanting to do it? Why? The title. He never even read the script. It's called Speed 2. He went, well, oh, he, well, it was when oh, he saw Cruise Control. Cruise Control, because he was like, well, why would you make, why Why are we on a slower object? Yeah, exactly. That's so like dumb. You're meant, it, it should be, he should, they should be on a, a fire jet. Yeah, it should be a train or something. It's a crew, even the word cruise, like that is the most unaction packed sounding word you could put into an action, a 90s (laughs) action move. Cruise control. (laughs) But But, what a hook, hook anyway. Just the idea that like the bomb activates at a certain speed and then. Yeah, yeah. Just a film about speed. Like that's so exciting. Yeah, it's 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 very nineties, and and just now that we're getting into the film, talking about nineties, uh, what a nineties opening credit! I know, or opening oh my credits God. this has. <laughs> it's, I was it's... There, like, I I started watching it um, last night, and with my wife, she was really excited to watch it, and um, we got about half an hour, forty minutes into it, and the copy I'd got stopped working. Oh shit! And it and it took me like an hour to get back working again and she'd gone to bed then so i watched the best movie with her i am but we just were laughing for the like 10 minute title sequence (laughs) it's the whole thing and we every time like because the music kept cueing you like it was going to end and then the music just changed and kept going going it reminds me of like old old movies from the 30s where the entire credits were in the in the front yeah i know it was so long so for anybody who hasn't seen it recently it's the camera just basically slowly going down an elevator shaft from like the top of the building all the way down to the parking basement 
and it is so long. <laughs> it's like nearly it's, ten minutes. It's crazy. It's weird too because it it the entire opening credits is an opening to the first twenty minutes of the movie. It's not like it's this credit sequence designed to like illustrate to to foreshadow things you're going to see later on in the film. No, it doesn't. It's literally just this is the elevator shaft for for the opening set piece that has nothing got to do with the actual movie, really. Yeah, for like the mini movie at the start of the movie. Yeah, it's so characters. weird. Like because like, often like, you'll, I, I remember like one of the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies had a really long opening credit sequence, but it was all about like it was like going through the DNA of a spider and then like the tech of the hobgoblin or what you know it just it was foreshadowing stuff that would happen later and you're kind of like okay that's kind of cool but this is just like here's an elevator here's an elevator shaft like (laughs) really well shot a beautiful a beautiful looking elevator shaft but this has absolutely not got to do with the movie it was actually doing really well and i was watching thinking like what way did they do this and at first i thought oh it's probably the same shot repeated and then i realized there's actually floor numbers on every floor as you're going down. Oh, I like, okay. I was like, holy shit. How, like, how do they film this? It must be a miniature or something. Yeah. That's so much effort for something that is so boring. <laughs> yeah. Now, I could be wrong because I only noticed the numbers when they got to, like, say, the last three or four levels. Um, well, they might have designed it that way. They might, might have been like, well, people are only going to wake up at the end of this. Yeah, so maybe it was the shot repeated and then it wasn't at the end of it but still it's just like it goes on for so long it's funny actually thinking about that a bit of trivia for people because like that that used to be the thing where the credits were at the front of the movie and not the end it used to be just the end would pop up uh, and that was probably the the best thing star wars ever contributed to film and not not to undermine other things obviously it doesn't loads of stuff but star wars was the first movie not to have any opening credits really yeah, yeah, because it was just the, the logo, Fox logo, and then into oh, a long the time ago, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and you're yeah. just into the movie. Like, in the 60s and early 70s, they kind of split the difference where they would have, like, a, you know, a couple of minutes of an open credits and then closing credits. But yeah. I, I'm, I could be, I'm sure there's another example, but Star Wars was definitely the first big movie that was just like, yeah. no. We, I we love... Um, I love. I know what you're going to say. Like the 50s, 60s movies where it's like this big elaborate musical number and it's like Marilyn Monroe and um, you might have like Cary Grant or somewhere like that and they're like doing a big like singing dance number and the guys are in tuxes and she's in a dress (laughs) and then it has nothing to do with the movie at all whatsoever. (laughs) I thought you were going to say something else there. I thought you were going to mention because it would be so shame to mention this. But another amazing opening is Batman the Animated Series. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even say the name of the show. No. <laughs> it's so great. There's no. It's an opening sequence with no credits. Yeah, it's just... It's just... Uh, and it's just each awesome. time, each time, like, this is great. They don't even say the name of the show. Yeah. So we're at the opening with the elevator. This is where were first introduced to, well, everyone. All the main players, with the exception of Sandy Bullock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird, actually, rewatching it uh, for the first time in years. I completely forgot where the whole pop quiz thing came from. Yeah, it's from Harry, isn't it? Yeah, I always remembered it as just been something Dennis Hopper's character said, but he overheard Harry giving 
Jack the the pop quiz. That's a really weird moment. It's almost like they thought of it after. So maybe it, I wonder is it something really bizarre that like because Des Hopper seems to really just run with it and ad lib a lot of stuff. <laughs> He's just it, do, it does seem like that. You know what so I, I wonder. Realized, what I realized watching this is that uh, Dennis Hopper, ten years prior to Speed, like even ten years before Tim Burton's Batman, Dennis Hopper would have made a great Joker. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, what are you going to say? No, I wonder. Is it something like? he just randomly said it at some point in the movie while they were recording and they liked it and then asked him to do it again and then they went back and went, okay, we need to actually set this up. <laughs> so they put no, in. Because it's I, really I, out of place when Harry asks him because it's like they're in already in a situation and he yeah, just turns yeah, around yeah. and goes, pop quiz. And it's like, you're standing on top of an elevator looking at a bunch of bombs. Why are you, give, why are you putting more stress on the guy? But I figure he's kind of just training him in and he probably does this with Jack the whole time. I yeah. don't think I I don't think it's put in because of something Dennis Hopper said because I think it's too tied into Jack's character. I suppose yeah. For it not to have been there in the script from, from like to begin with, because basically what the pop quiz illustrates is that Jack is a complete fucking sociopath. Yeah, he is. Isn't he? <laughs> that stunned me on the rewatch because I never picked up on it before so for people who haven't seen the film in a while the pop quiz is uh so it's harry the jack daniels that the actor's name no uh, jeff, jeff daniels, daniels jeff daniels yeah so he he goes pop quiz jack uh you're there's a hostage been taken at an airport the terrorist is using her as a shield to get to a plane what do you do and jack's answer is shoot the hostage yeah <laughs> And then Harry looks at him like, what? And he's like, you take her out of the equation. If he doesn't have, if, if, he, if he doesn't have a shield, he's got nothing to, de- he's got nothing to defend himself with. So he, yeah, you can get to him. And then Harry, I think Harry calls him sick. And then yeah, like, he's like, oh, sick. And now I don't think Jack, like, because what happens later in the scene, we know what Jack means isn't that you shoot a hostage in the head. You leave them on the ground that the terrorist just has nothing to defend himself with. But it's still like, it's such a, he's technically right. You're like, okay, that's a good answer. There's logic there. But yeah, it's psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) And like, what makes it psychotic is that seconds later, Harry, uh, Harry's, he, or sorry, Seconds later, they're waiting for help, and Harry makes says some line like, "Okay, I can't remember the actual line, but anyway, they're looking at the bomb and they're waiting for backup." And Jack says, "Harry, he's going to blow it anyway." Oh yeah. And they never really specify how Jack knows this, but considering the conversation he just had, I think it's pretty clear that it's kind of like Dexter Morgan in the Dexter series, where he yeah. just understands other sociopaths, where he's like. He, he even says it's a gut feeling. There's no reason he should know this, but he's like, Harry, he's going to blow it anyway. I was going to ask you about that. Like, yeah, what, why do you think he's so, um, why, why do you think he thinks that? But actually, that's a really good reason. I think that's it. That crazy. Yeah, he just recognizes the patterns of another sociopath. Yeah, yeah. and as well, like, um, I think I think the part of it is just how much work Dennis Hopper's character puts into his bombs. Yeah, like, well, yeah, he knows how meticulous he is. And... Yeah, yeah, that, like he's gone through all that effort. Then why would he not use the bombs? 
and then he explains on himself later like a bomb is made to be blown up that's its purpose that's yes yes that's a good point too it's quite clever actually there's yeah. there's a hilarious moment there too after um when he says that he's gonna blow it anyway and you realize the keanu reeves character jack has an idea and yeah. I, I can't remember what he says but he's just like i have an idea and harry says you're not gonna shoot them are you <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then it cuts and there's like in their time it's about one minute in in screen time but it's about 10 minute in their time because they get to the roof yeah you know and it shows them going up to the roof and then you hear jack say no we're just going to take them out of the equation but it's really awkward because in their time, Harry says, you're not going to shoot them. And then they climb the building and Jack waits an entire 10 minutes to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, no, we're not going to, we're just going to take them out of the equation. It looks really good in the film, but when you realize the geography of where they are, you're like, yeah, yeah. He just, they just waited for 10 minutes in silence for him to answer. That, that, that's one of the things that always annoys me in movies and stuff or TV shows are worse for it, obviously, because they're filmed at such a pace where, like, two characters, like, start a conversation about something. Then they get into a car and, like, drive halfway across the country. They get out of the car and they're like, man, I just, I don't know if I can ask her out. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, wait, what wait, wait. You... Hang on, you've just been in a car for six hours. Do you just not talk about this? Like, are you only continuing the conversation now? <laughs> Though maybe it's like us with the podcast where they just go on a tangent talking about Father Ted for 10 minutes and And as we were saying that'd be a great that'd be a great thing to do in a movie actually is you have you show that scene you're writing a michelin web sketch right now (laughs) i know it's it's true that'd be that's a great that's a great comedy sketch It'd be so hard to to like write it in a way that people instantly know what you're making fun of, though, without having to explain it. <laughs> if you know what I mean, it's a great sketch, but it'd be tricky to write. Yeah, you should yeah. try it though. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, his solution is pretty smart, anyway. It's to... it's a really good solution. Oh yeah, he's like, how much do you think this elevator weighs? Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. And it's around. It's in that same conversation as well. Just to point out, we get the first me- the first mention of of the gold watch, which is a big clue for later on. Actually, this, the film suffers from a bit of those kind of time things because then, yeah. So what happens next is then they they hook the elevator, they get the people out, they chase the bad guy down the basement, and grabs Harry hostage, and then Jack shoots him in the leg, and he drops Harry, and then he blows up the building or, or blows up the he blows up the, the yeah and they think he he died in the explosion but it's just like did you not find any human remains or anything? it's a bit they mentioned that like but now because i remember always thinking that that was the ridiculous thing but, the, but they never mentioned the security guard being killed yeah Sorry. but also how long how long is the time meant to be between this elevator incident and the bomb on the bus because I always thought it was meant to be like a year later, but it really feels like it's only meant to be like two months. Well, it's weird because they suddenly then cut to Jack and Harry getting medals. And this yeah, is where, which... and they're having their conversation as if they haven't had the conversation. But it's clearly like at least a week later in the same yeah. way. But you wouldn't identify you wouldn't have identified a body 
in no. like it'd be months before you'd identify a body in an explosion like that. Oh yeah. But yeah, it was just on the rewatch. I never realized. I, I always, in fact, to be honest, I actually remembered it quite differently where I wasn't sure if Harry even survived. I thought maybe he died in the elevator incident. And I think I was actually Me just confused. I, I think I was confusing it with last action hero of all things. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, just to go back to the elevator incident. Yeah. When, when, when they get the people out, the, the initial part where, where the elevator starts to fall and uh, the crane thing catches it. There's a really weird moment where one of the guys who like works in the office building, like I guess he's a manager or something, and he's waiting with the police. And I, there's a moment where he goes, that's weird. Usually they fall down by now. Yeah, I don't know. That's a really weird well, I, I had no idea what that meant. What's he talking about? Because he's not like a cop, is he? I have I no know. idea what he means by that. Like, how many people have you seen fall through an elevator shaft? I, I think it will, because at the point it's the elevator is falling, and then it just doesn't hit the ground. Yeah. And they're like, oh, kind of like, why doesn't it hit? But implying is in, you know, uh, I, I can't believe I'm in this situation again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anytime I've seen elevators fall like this, they, they, they usually hit the ground by now. It's just, it's a really weird yeah. line. Yeah. Also... When they're getting the when they're getting the hostages hostages out of the elevator shaft, there is a really uncomfortable upskirt shot. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so weird. Yeah, it's an odd it, choice. Like, yeah, it hangs for just way too long, and you just know that back in the day, like, remember that website, Mister Skin, where it was just like, <laughs> every fucking screen grab from a movie with some nudity. You just know that was a big result on it. It just—it <laughs> was very weird. That's funny. Do you want a, a bullshitty, uh, cracked-like, connected universe theory? Oh yes. Well, it's not even a theory. I'm just going to point out that uh, Jeff Daniels' character is named Harry. Yeah. A year, a couple of years later, he played another character called Harry in Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah. That's about as far as my theory goes. I just wanted <laughs> okay. to point point out today. I like I know he dies later on in the film, but maybe he didn't die, and maybe he just got like a serious <laughs> brain <laughs> injury, and it's actually the same character in Dumb and Dumber. That's really funny theory. <laughs> I'd even argue that maybe Jack is Ted from Bill and Ted, so this is actually just a, a spin-off called like Ted and Harry's Excellent Adventure. Because Jack's kind of dumb in this too, but not as dumb. Yeah, yeah. I'm stretching there, but I think there's something to be said for Harry. That's really that he actually theory. just slipped into a coma for a while, and then he awoke as Harry. Who's he a dumb and dumber? No, I hope that's I'm like that's like that. a that's like a really sad um, perspective on dumb and dumber that he was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, really he was smart, a hero, really cop. success hero cop. And then he just becomes the guy from Dumb and Dumber. And like he's been, he's missing, like his family can't find. He just wandered out of the hospital. And, uh, but at least and he's happy and has Lloyd a friend. Or Floyd, is it? Lloyd, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah really but at least he, at idea. least he met a friend. Yeah, I love the idea of just like I just want to CG into like seeing the Dumb and Dumber, like hero cop <laughs> missing uh, after yeah, waking yeah, from coma. Yeah. <laughs> Think of it this way. If that's his fate, if what happens to Harry in this movie is he actually goes into a coma, 
wakes up an imbecile and becomes friend with friends with Lloyd and has the whole and then lives his life in the Dumb and Dumber universe. Who has it worse, him or Jack, who hooked up with Sandra Bullock, but then she left him for that boring guy in Speed Two? Is he a different character, the guy in Speed Two? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a new, it's a new boyfriend. Oh, okay. I thought it was she even mentioned she meant you know that whole thing in this film which we'll talk about later but the, oh it's uh, like not lasting yeah relationships that start in extreme circumstances like this don't last yeah. that becomes a whole plot point in speed yeah. too where she's constantly telling this other guy that oh this is becoming an extreme circumstance even though it's cruise and this is quite boring but yeah, yeah. Uh, so i think i think i'd prefer to be harry is what i'm saying okay yeah. well i <laughs> This is going to say really funny, but until, like, so when this, the point of the movie was, like, you introduce Sandra Bullock's character, and she's running late for her bus, and she's on the bus, I actually mm. had this moment of, like, I can't remember what she, is she just, like, helping him on the bus? Like, I totally forgot about the fact that she takes over driving the bus. I kind of uh, did, too, yeah, yeah. Until she did it, and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know why, I'd just forgotten that. I, I love her introduction. It's really quick and concise. It's like a very well written, just like this is this character. Here's a a few lines of dialogue that kind of just sums her up. <laughs> but what I like, she's likable. But I felt bad. You know the yokel tourist, the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, yeah. She she's such a bitch to him. because <laughs> yeah, he's just being friendly. Yeah, like because he she acts like he's this creep. He didn't act like you watch it. You're like he's not hitting on her. He's just like this innocent yokel who was excited to be in L.A. and just like sat down beside somebody and just wanted to talk. But it's kind of it's kind of played like he's 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 doing that to try like it's all bullshit to get a girl. You know what I mean? I think you can read it that way, but I think as the film progresses, I think it's clear he's not. Because even at the end yeah. of the film, when they go back to the, it, and it's one of the best lines. And I think actually Joss Whedon done some rewrites, some dialogue you, rewrites for you, this. Yeah, he wrote most of the dialogue. Yeah. So, and, I, and this is definitely a, a Joss Whedon line. But when they go back to the airport, he just sighs and whoever's <laughs> beside him goes, what's wrong? He's like, I've already seen the airport. Oh, that's such a Joss Whedon line. <laughs> it's a complete Joss Whedon. But it's a great line. But I think that change, like that, fundamentally changes his character. He's a, he is just an innocent yokel who's just trying to yeah. be friendly to people. Oh. And even in that opening, I think if you re- if that film was made today, he's a complete creep. But I don't think he was. No, I think no, he, he was he just like. But it. But my first impression for the like when you first see him and the first couple of lines of his is that he's he's playing a character to chat up a girl but then you realize mm. oh no that's not the case he was yes yeah. oh well i guess that's it and maybe like because sandra bullock's character lives in la so she's probably used to people doing that shtick but this yeah, character exactly. is an innocent yokel so she's yeah, mistaken because yeah. and i liked as well because and again this would be different if it was, if it was meant today you expect him to become like you know the character in zombie movies who gets bitten but doesn't tell anybody yeah yeah you you expect him to be that character but and i wouldn't say he's brave in it but he does like he sticks by everybody and i think he does like he is the one when we're skipping ahead but later in the film when jack goes in underneath the bus i think it is him and one of the other guys that like pull him back up yeah the big guy he calls him gigantor (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He at least has a few moments of like, 
not bravery. Well, so, yeah, like he's just he's he he's present. He's a good person in it. I, I in in fact, actually, he's probably the most everyman normal person on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, that's it. He probably he doesn't become a hero or anything, but he probably he reacts how most good people would, where he just does his best. He's not Keanu Reeves, but no, I, I imagine in if I was in that real scenario in real life, fully myself, not talking about how I do it for the podcast, I'd probably act like he did. <laughs> I'd be like, "What can I do to help?" And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be in the background if you need me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to jump from one car to a bus and try and save the day because I'll just roll under it and die. But yeah. If the person who's willing to do that and might succeed wants to do it, I'll I'll support them and try and like lend a hand. Yeah, I'd maybe hold a rag over a, a big <laughs> shot wound of somebody. Or, yeah, know. exactly. Or um, I'd happily be the guy hiding behind a uh, a bus seat, uh, reloading a gun and then swapping guns with Keanu Reeves. You know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. While I reload them, <laughs> and they're the real heroes. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> As well, actually, just speaking of uh, spe- speak speaking of side characters, the yeah. old lady on the bus. Oh, the really annoying you, one. Yeah, do you recognize her for from anything? Oh, she's in loads of stuff. She's in like Malcolm in the Middle and. Oh, I was thinking that. Oh, she's in some stuff very relevant to this podcast. She is in Jericho. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's the old bitch that owns the supermarket there. Yeah, in in the Mist, the movie The Mist, the Stephen King one. Yeah. She's the old religious quack. When they're held, funnily enough, they're held up in a supermarket in that too, and she's the one that's kind of like start that splits everybody up and starts a cult. Yeah, yeah. She's in a lot of these type of movies, and what's amazing is she's the same age in all of them. I know everything I see her in, she just looks the exact same and seems to be the same. And she's in loads of TV shows and loads of movies. Funnily enough, much like Keanu Reeves, where she just doesn't seem to age. He obviously got the better deal, where he's like constantly thirty-seven, and she's yeah, constantly yeah. sixty-five. But yeah, um, yeah, she's one of those actresses who's just been sixty-five for the last forty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like the, the female Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is actually she's extremely good though in all those parts like in Jericho yeah. she is like such a total cunt oh, where she acts worst. like she acts like like where she makes people think she's being nice. like that yeah I can't remember the kid's name remember she in Jericho she has that kid that like he worked for her and he lost his family so she yeah, makes yeah. him sleep in the back of the supermarket as if she's doing him a favor but he's working for her for free and she, she's such a conniving little bitch in it yeah and her whole thing is like people will trade her like mm. you know 10 of something they have when and then yeah she like becomes the like of, she's such a profiteer like she's all yeah, horrible yeah. about resources she's a ton of shit she doesn't need yeah yeah but she's so good in those roles in, in the mist she she just plays the religious fanatic in the mist the, oh, yeah. the standard stephen king villain <laughs> like, <laughs> uh but she's very good in that too. Yeah. So that's where I I, I think I I get into it. So if we're in speed, um, speed four, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're in speed. 
So is one of us Keanu Reeves? And then the question is, is the other one Harry, Sandra Bullock, or um, the bomber, <laughs> um, Dennis Hopper? Mm, okay. Well, I think the the well, realistically, one of us would be Jack, or one of us would be Keanu, and one of us would be Sandy. And this yeah. is the reason we have this podcast is because we're trying to <laughs> recapture that intensity. Because we're worried our relationship will end. We just constantly <laughs> need to be talking about exciting shit. <laughs> that makes sense. Because we, we have nothing else. Yeah, yeah. We met under this circumstance, so if we don't... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, Harry's that's one way. Like, Harry's like our mate. And, um... No, if we, if we were actually going to go into the scenario, though, uh, yeah, then I think one of us would need to be Harry and one would need to be Jack. Oh, yeah. See, there's, I was going to say, well, the older one should be Harry, but, like, there's not that much of a difference between us. <laughs> like a year between, or not yeah. even like nine months between us. Um, no, I'll take Harry. Yeah, I don't Maybe it's funnier we just meet on the bus, though. I, I drive... So I, I guess I'd end up being. <laughs> yeah. I own a car, so therefore I'm Sandra yeah, Bullock. You, yeah, yeah, cool. And I, you know, and I'm beautiful as well. So, like, so that, is Jack. That, that's yeah. they're both pretty beautiful, but goddamn Sandra Bullock, what a beautiful <laughs> woman. Though I don't know, at the start of the movie, she's smoking a cigarette, and then the bus driver makes her up, and, and you smoked for a long time, and I never did. So. <laughs> clutching at straws here but I'll I'll take Sandy Bullock I mean yeah, yeah. this was only like her second movie really? Demolition, Demolition Man being her first Demolition Man's her first movie? yeah and she is fucking fantastic in both of them she's fantastic in everything but they're such different characters like she, because in, in Demolition Man, she play, she's so, like, I don't know, like, used to that world. Yeah. And in this, she's, like, kind of, like... It's it's new world she, to her. Yeah, but she's she plays that kind of, like, waster character. And she's a bit of a mess. Like, she's, like, almost yeah. like a character from Always Sunny. Yeah. Uh, she's so good, though. Yeah, like, the reason she is taking the bus is because she's lost her license from being a horrible driver. Yeah, yeah, from, like from having too many speeding tickets and yeah, yeah, um, things like that. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I know what you mean. She's just yeah, she's a bit of a mess. Like uh, maybe maybe that's why the relationship didn't work out afterwards. Like he, like I imagine Jack, even though is probably a bit like he's quite clean cut. Like I imagine his apartment is. His apartment is immaculately clean, and he has one plant that he takes really good care of. <laughs> on, that's exactly. Oh, that's and all his clothes are perfectly folded and things like that. Yeah, and yeah. then, he, and then they start going out. And she has he like just, eight he has a closet full of the same clothes. Like he wear he yeah. wears like a blue t shirt or like a black t shirt and white jeans every day, and he just has a closet of like twenty black t shirts. And then it's uniforms for work. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like he's, he's real exactly that character. Like gets up at six AM and goes for a run every morning and stuff. And she's just the opposite, gets out of bed late, just about makes her bus, 
like dirty dishes in the sink for over a week, you know, <laughs> and she smokes and everything, and he's just like, Mr. Clean. And that's why the relationship didn't work. <laughs> yeah, no one got to do with the circumstance. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing too, because um, people often give like Keanu Reeves shit for like not being a good actor, and so like a film like this. So apparently he um, he gained weight for it and worked out to he wanted to look like uh, an ex marine because he figured oh, he went well, to what... Gold's Gym and stuff. Didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he figured that's what this Jack character would be. So he he done a lot of work in like the the physical performance, yeah. but I think still people people branded him as a bad actor because he has limited range, and maybe he does. But also, I think like he he just is attracted to playing these type of roles where he like these sort of stoic guys. But yeah. when you actually compare them to when you see Keanu Reeves in a, in an interview in real life Keanu Reeves is nothing like any of those characters no not at all so does that not mean he's a very good actor yeah he is. have you seen um shit I can't think of the name of it um it's a recent movie uh it just kind of went straight to Netflix and it's it's like a it's a rom-com about an Asian, oh, American, know, Asian, yeah, yeah. Asian American couple in it. Yeah. Oh shit. And um, oh, I know he's he plays too. himself in it. Yeah, he's fantastic. And it is so he's so funny. He just starts fight fighting. It's the girl he's seeing now, her ex boyfriend, and he just like challenges him to a fight. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, he's just an absolute dickhead in it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Always yeah. be my baby. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just he's plays so like this weird, exaggerated version of himself. Well, he's he's <laughs> amazing and stuff like that. He's he's great at comedy. He's great in Bill and Ted. Yeah. But I don't know. I think he he is like I think he's definitely a limited actor. Ah, yeah. And there's loads of act. Like, let's be honest. Robert De Niro is limited. <laughs> like Robert De Niro has played three roles throughout his career. He's yeah. fucking fantastic. Whenever he plays those roles, but yeah. he he has there's a he's cut off from certain type of roles. Keanu Reeves, okay, he he's got less room to maneuver, but he's like him where he he just had, there's certain roles he's really good at. I think a lot of people think he's bad because his delivery, but to be honest, sometimes I think that's just his accent. Like, but he's also he picks movies with that kind of dialogue as well. Yeah, but I mean, like, you never hear anybody talking about Sean Connery being a shit actor. I mean, he's <laughs> never changed his act for his entire career. In in, in the Untouchables, he plays an Irishman, <laughs> like, and he speaks Scottish with a Scottish accent. In Highlander, in Highlander, he's a Spaniard with a Scottish accent. Yeah, and you never hear well, people talking about how incredibly shit Sean Connery is. But for some reason, Keanu Reeves, because he speaks in a very, like, I guess... I'm not familiar enough with American accents, but I guess it's like a, a very West Coast California accent he speaks. Well, he's Hawaiian, isn't he? He's okay. He's um, but it's clearly it's clearly an accent issue. Like he can't really change yeah, yeah. his accent. Like we know we, we've all seen Dracula. We know how badly he is at hiding an accent. Loads of actors are, but for some reason Keanu Reeves has been has really taken that hard by critics yeah, yeah. and fans. But he, he's definitely found his niche. Um, yeah, I think everybody's, come, everybody's yeah. come around to him now. Um, oh, you just reminded me of there is, it must be, 
from like early 2000s where like I think it was BBC or something like that maybe this big countdown event of the top 100 best actors of all time right and it was this huge thing and they came down to the very end and decided that I can't remember the exact order but it was number two and number one were Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and I remember right. thinking what? what the crap? <laughs> Like all Al Pacino does is shout. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Well, I like, mean, he was, he's been in huge. The thing is, was he was, but he was great at a point, and then he done like scent of a woman, and he started shouting, and then he never stopped. Do you know what? But, the first Godfather, he's fucking amazing in it, and he's really young in it as well. He's great in it. Yeah, but like he's incredible in Dog Day Afternoon as well. Like the, I think yeah, Dog yeah. Day Afternoon is his best performance, and. You know, there's all a serpent oh, is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Jesus, I didn't think of Dog Day. Dog Day Afternoon, I think, is without doubt his best performance. Yeah, and when people don't, when people like don't say that that's his best performance, you know that they don't know what they're talking about. They're just or saying they it. They haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, he's so good in that. But that's the problem. Like when you get to a, he got to, he done Scent of a Woman, and then it seems like since that, he's just given that same performance over Would and over. You, he reached a point of fame where he. He's able to just phone it in. Yeah, because so I I would agree. I don't think they should be. I think there's like especially now. I think there's a lot better actors now. But even like like Val Kilmore was a fucking great actor, and because he was such a weird person and had such a big yeah. ego, like everybody hates him. But he probably gave like he's got more great performances than he does bad. Whereas I'm not sure the same the the same ratio would actually apply to Pacino and De Niro. Yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah, what kind of it depends on how you're judging it. The thing with Pacino is when you're young, you're hungry, you know, and you work harder for it. So yeah, but then to be fair to Pacino too, like so he did phone it in for a while, but then he did just stop where he just wasn't making movies anymore. Where Robert De Niro was making like really shit comedies and horror movies yeah. and that, and Pacino's came back now and he's doing really good work. Have you watched uh, Hunters? I haven't yet. I've heard mixed things, but it's, I don't know, it's, the concept is amazing, it's, the delivery is just a bit mixed in it, but he's really good at it, actually. He's Have you watched The Irishman yet? No, no, I can't bring this up. So I think it's Pacino, that it, like, everybody's, it's all about De Niro, but I think Pacino's the standout there, and I think even in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Pacino's only in for, like, three scenes, but I think they're oh, I haven't watched it yet, actually. I was looking for movies to watch there, you know, like, oh, I must remember to great. Crack, get that. Okay. Well, look, okay, we need to get back to speed, but also uh, we need to pay some bills, so let's take a quick break there, and when we get back, we'll uh, we, we'll we'll get more into the film, jump in the freeway and stuff, but uh, depending on where you are, you might hear an ad. Yeah, so subscribe to that or uh, join that cult or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I I think we should all endorse whatever that was about. There you go. I'm sure it was probably. I bet you, with the way the algorithms working now, it was probably something about coronavirus, and we all need to look after each other. So I think yeah. we can get behind that. Uh, well, <laughs> I I find listening to some podcasts. They're local, so I keep getting ads for other Irish podcasts uh, when I listen to a podcast. That, that, yeah, that might happen. So, yeah, I mean, check out Blind Buy, I guess. So, uh, to get back to this film, so I think, okay, we're, we're getting into the scenario now, but the last thing I want to say about this, or of just the, the film itself, yeah, is what I, I was impressed with on the rewatch, was with just how well it's written. 
I know. And I think a lot of people think you can only say that about like these deep pieces of art. And maybe that's the case for like a novel, which I disagree with that too. But screenwriting, I think it's much more of a technical art. It's about timing and rhythm. It's yeah. closer It's closer to music. Like if, if like literature and novels and, and just prose, they're, they're closer to poetry. Yeah. But maybe if a movie's just closer to music, like yeah. if you only listen to folk music or classical music, you can probably still listen to a, a, a Nine Inch Nails album and say, oh yeah, Trent Reznor is a, is a great songwriter. I don't like that style, but I can tell that he's constructed a good piece of music. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you, you and I, spot talent, or yeah, yeah. And I think even if you don't, if you, if if you think, well, action movie, this is just silly action movies. I think you can still watch this and say this is just it's so finely constructed. Like everything, it's thought out really well. Everything, yeah. it's piece, it's just it's technically it's just really well written. Do you know what? Do you know what I lo- exactly what you're saying? Do you know what I love so much about this movie is that. Uh, the bus never outstays its welcome, and they absolutely milk everything they can do on this on the bus without making you feel like it's been milked. And then when it's mm. time for them to be finished with the bus, which is the whole catch, it's the reason people went to the cinema to see the movie and all that kind of stuff. They use that concept as okay. It's the, it, I, I suppose the way I kind of looked at it is like first quarter is the elevator. Then two quarters in the middle, or half the movie in the middle, is the bus, and then there's the last quarter. Exactly, and and it's formulated so perfectly, and like the bus is there for a purpose, and once it's finished with its purpose, you're not on the bus anymore. We we're the same people. I <laughs> yeah. even I even made time notes for this. Yeah, yeah. They're they're on the bus for fifty minutes of the entire really? film. Yeah. yeah, I remembered it as them. I thought the last the the final the third act i thought that was like the tail end of the movie me too but it's one hour and they get to the airport at the one hour and eight minute mark yeah yeah. (laughs) like it's like that's what i mean it's so well written you remember it differently because you feel like that there has been a far longer journey than there's been but no it's it's now I'd be curious to read the actual script and see how much of it is in the edit. Because a yeah. lot of people might argue that the entire film is technically just three action sequences edited together into a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, if that's the case, then it's mighty fine editing. It's it's yeah. either a brilliant script or some of the best editing ever. It's one or the other. And and do you know what I never noticed till watching it this time? What? The elevator was speed, the bus was speed, and the train was speed. It just blew my mind. <laughs> I always just thought it was the bus. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I made the link between the bus and the train, but I never thought about the elevator. The elevator actually playing that bigger role in speed. Yeah. But that was the huge thing that shocked me is how long the opening sequence of the elevator is. I just thought that was like five minutes at the start same, of the movie. Same. And as like well, it, the same way, I thought it was like a year later that the bus happens. Mm. I definitely all, always remembered that, but yeah, I thought the elevator—the same with the elevator—I thought it was much more of a just an opener. Like the elevator, when you actually break it down, the elevator scene is about twenty to twenty-five minutes, and the bus scene is yeah. fifty. Like, 
Well, the opening credits is 10 minutes of the elevator. <laughs> and then there's a 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I had thought in my head that the bomber of the elevator wasn't Dennis Hopper. I thought it was a different character. Oh, really? No, I always but remember it was just that. to introduce Harry and Jack. Like, okay. No, I, I remembered that, that he was always the, the villain for sure. I think because yeah. even when I was young, when I watched it, one specific thing I remembered, and I still laugh so much at it in the rewatch. So, you know, he, he his hand, his left hand is injured in the opening. Oh, yeah. And they keep drawing your attention to that because of how awkwardly he holds the phone in the present. I know, it's really where he's, weird. Where he's holding it with his right hand, but to his left ear. And you're just no, like, it makes no well, sense. Why not just hold it to your other ear? It's yeah. just that, like, I understand the director was like, we need to call attention that you only have one good hand because that's going to pay off later. But, like, it's so weird that a character would hold the every phone. T- to every the time you saw him holding the phone, I was like, why it's are you so, holding the phone? Like it's that? so awkward. But I, but you're like I get I get it just how you didn't think this through and you thought well this will illustrate that and it does illustrate that but it just brings up uh, too many questions. I've I've a very controversial uh, question for you. Okay. Do you think Dennis Hopper is a good actor? Look, <laughs> watch any of his films. He has some of the best delivery ever in the history of film. There's just like standalone scenes yeah. where he's just really like in the in Apocalypse Now when when they meet him for the first time and he's like this fucking coked out, not coked out because they won't have coke there, but he's just like this hippie that's been lost with this tribe for years. Yeah, yeah. he the, the way he introduces, um. Martin Sheen's character this world he's just so good in that scene and the scene in like true romance where he plays Christian yeah. Slater's dad like that's that scene with him Actually, he's and, great in that that's one of the best scenes in cinema yeah like where he's talking your, to um your half eggplant oh yeah <laughs> He's trying to get the Sicilians to come, and it's yeah, Christopher it's, Walken. Isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, it's Christopher Walken. It's in a fucking amazing scene. He's so good. He's just so good at delivering these like he's good at these like big moments, these real dramatic, impactful moments. I guess he's kind of like a less is more. Like it's kind of like you don't want to. He's a weird talent where I guess the more you see of him, the less impactful he is. Maybe I don't know. Now yeah. I feel like we're shitting on Dennis Hopper. Now the more I think about it, <laughs> he, he, he has such great moments in film. No, I think he's kind of like Jack Nicholson in that he suffers from... Oh, no, there's just some moments in this movie where I was just like wincing at his performance. Yeah. You know. No, I think like, because he gets to an age where like, there's a lot of actors that become so legendary and you sort of, like, he, you kind of have seen them in so many things that they can't really escape from being... Yeah them it's i find that with jack nicholson even in the shining which everybody loves i yeah. I, I don't really like the shining because jack nicholson is just playing jack nicholson i know what you mean yeah, yeah. where and actually I, I love jack nicholson in um easy rider he's my favorite character oh. easy rider. Okay. yeah Talk one, about flew, over the, one yeah. flew over the cuckoo's nest and he's amazing but i think when when they get so big that you just it, it's far it's just hard to separate them from the role and that kind yeah. of affects performance and i think yeah dennis hopper is at a point 
especially with speed where he was becoming a caricature of himself yeah, yeah like you get to the point remember have you seen uh what was that remember the uh the zombie film the the romero zombie film the f- day, day of the dead no land of the dead it was land of the dead yeah and Dennis Hopper is the real cartoony villain in it. And he's yeah. really fun in it, but it's so silly. But yeah. the, I think that's the problem. So, like, the, the Dennis Hopper in Land of the Dead works because that's a silly zombie movie. But he brought that same energy to every performance around that period. <laughs> yeah, and like, that's fine for Land of the Dead. Even for Speed, it was probably a little too much. He, he should have dialed that back by two. Yeah, like when he spots the time loop on the tape, he's like, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And that was the worst part, because even on the rewatch, I thought he was looking to get caught. I thought there was sort of something more going on there. Because right? you know when he says, like, tell that wildcat behind the wheel? Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, he's delivered. He's leave. He's He's teasing Jack. He's leaving clues to what he's doing. But then when it's revealed that they changed the tape and and pulled one over on him and he acts that crazy i was like oh so i guess he wasn't leaving clues because this would have been his own fault yeah i I think the idea is the character is he's he is smart but he thinks he's way smarter because well maybe that's it he was he was leaving clues hoping he won't be called because then he would have one over on them like he, he the whole point of the gold watch is to get like a bunch of them to go to his house that he then blows up and so you know yeah. like it's which is very clever yeah yeah so he has like he even says like i wasn't gonna just tell you my name now was i <laughs> and so you know it's um so he has lots of things on that way yeah so just where we're at in the film so we've already we we've arrived at the airport but i want to go back a little bit and just mention the freeway jump which is one of the yeah. most iconic scenes in 90s action movies. And they really did it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Now, obviously, this is complete bullshit. Like, yeah. like when you watch, like, that's such a ridiculous jump. No, it's bonkers. Like, yeah, yeah. The only thing, like, so I tried to verify how possible this would be. The only thing I could find that would confirm, this doesn't confirm it's possible. But a small aircraft can t- needs to take off at between seventy to seventy five uh, miles an hour. That's the that's the minimal for a small aircraft to lift oh, off yeah. at. So, it's like a Cessna. I <laughs> yeah, now, that doesn't mean that this scene is at all possible. But I just thought it was worth mentioning that, like, technically, an aircraft can lift off the the ground at that speed. So, yeah. Um, did it you... wouldn't be able to land, though. That's the problem. It's it's them taking off on that bridge jump isn't the problem. It's the fact that they land without without the entire axle and the wheels just blown off. And... Well, what, what doesn't make sense about it is it's the other side is at the same level. That's a yeah. And they have no ramp. Big part they literally have no ramp. Um, where like I was reading trivia about it and how they they did the stunt for real is they did it twice with two buses and they had like a stunt stunt driver and uh, they reinforced the axles and wheels and all that kind of stuff but and it made it went higher in the air than they expected it to so the camera misses some of the buses oh really (laughs) yeah because it went way higher than they thought it would but it went but it drove up a ramp like a like a 
like a um, an evil can evil stunt. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't um it wasn't done as you see it in the movie, which is they yeah, they drive yeah. to the edge and then um they just make the other edge, you know. Um yeah, because the other side isn't lower down at all. Yeah, yeah. What I love about, like, after this, like, a, a while after this scene, when they're, when when they get permission to take one of the hostages off, I love how all the cops are just standing around doing nothing while Jack is caught under the bus. I know, yeah. <laughs> they look like, remember Commando with Arnie? And, like, any time yeah. there's, like, somebody gets blown up. It's clearly just a bunch of mannequins. Yeah, <laughs> all, yeah. all the extras just look like it's mannequins in police uniforms. They're all just standing around doing nothing to help at all. Okay. And so a lot happens around now. So like like we said, Harry dies. He's um, lured into a trap. Uh, it's revealed that, uh, but a really elaborate like movie trap. Oh yeah, incredibly elaborate one. And it's around here as well. It's that they cop that he's been watching them the whole time. That yeah. Dennis Hopper has been watching them. Now it's crazy how obvious that is. On like I didn't remember that from the original no, me film. Neither. But as I was rewatching, it, I was like, oh yeah, he's watching them. And it seems really obvious, but then you remember, well, it's 1994, that wouldn't have been a normal... Like, that would have been a shocker in 1994, I guess. But even watching it there last night, when they revealed that, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about this part. Um, well, yeah, no, I was saying, I just forgot about it, but I, I feel like if we were, if, if you were to watch Speed, if Speed was only made today, the assumption would be... Not only is he watching them, but he has, he probably has drones following them. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a very different time. It's yeah, like he's not he's not here. just relying on what a TV helicopter camera can see. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but uh, but this again, this is like we we get another great action sequence here when uh, what they're now they they played a tape on loop. And uh, yeah. Jack and Annie have one of the greatest escapes ever. It's completely fucking ridiculous, but it's amazing. <laughs> it's a great like, way even I I remembered how this film ends, but like that's still like really tense, and you're still like, is th- is this gonna work? And you feel stupid because well, of course it's gonna work. It's a Keanu Reeves Sandra Bullock action movie. Of course they're gonna survive to the end. Yeah, but. I think that's the mark of a good film too, where they still like trick you into thinking that this is tense somehow. I know, and um, the thing I was like, oh, they really just let the bus go wherever the fuck it's going to go to blow up as well, don't they? <laughs> like, yeah, because like, there didn't seem to be a plan in place as to what no, happens when they get off the bus. That's still an active airfield. Like, yeah, that it just goes just... straight into a big cargo plane. Like, that could have, they could have that saved, like, just as easily been a passenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just an Aer Lingus, an Aer Lingus plane ready to leave. Like, yeah. Yeah, full. They didn't, they didn't shut down. Like, that's why I, I, I appreciated that with uh, Captain America Civil War, where oh, they yeah. mentioned before the big fight takes place they mention that the, the airport has been evacuated yeah yeah that do, that doesn't happen in speed there's literally still like you even see people running to try and put out the fire <laughs> yeah so that'd be funny like there's a good chance realistically they would have just rammed into a, an Aer Lingus fa- flight yeah with like a few hundred people on it 
<laughs> How many people are on that bus? Like 20, maybe? Yeah. I don't think it was even 20. That, this is actually, I was going to mention this earlier. I've never been to, have you been to LA? No. I've never been to LA. I've never been to America. But my understanding is that LA is like the busiest. We even talked about this in the Demolition Man episode. But it's like everybody, there's no public transport. Everybody just drives. It's like the busiest place in the fucking world. Yeah. It's um... amazing to me that the bus was even that empty. Maybe maybe this actually exists in the demolition world and they were already practicing social distancing. Yeah. It's um I think there's like fifteen it looks like there's around fifteen people on that bus. Which Yeah, there's if, there's if, a few elderly you... people who have like no dialogue or anything. Mm. They're just like extras that you see. But if you live in Dublin, fifteen people on a bus on a midweek morning at the start of working hours, that's Oh no, it's like eight AM. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, like you don't even get a seat on a bus at that time in Dublin. No, you won't. No matter where you're coming from, you're lucky to get on the bus to begin with, but to get a seat, yeah, that's. And also, like this bus, this so the the, and they all know each other. The guy from first Bueller, he's coming from the airport, so they're typically they're not the busiest buses. They're the ones coming from the the outskirts into the city. Yeah. So I guess that's why it's not as many, but still, like, crazy. I don't, I don't um, believe for a second that's realistic. Is yeah, anyway. like I, I live in the town that's next to the airport, and there's a bus that goes from the airport and goes like by like just up the road here for me, like mm. on the main road, and it'd be the equivalent of that. Say it's like a shuttle bus. That brings you to the next couple of towns or whatever. I got I got but that bus a few city, months ago. Still, like it's it's a quiet enough bus, like you know. Mm. But where, yeah, the, the one going the other way into the city, it's like it's jammers. Like if it's not full before the airport, it definitely fills up at the airport. Now, so we're at the point. So, so as we said, Jack and what's her name? I keep just calling her Sandy Bullock, but what, what's uh, the character's name? Annie, Anna? Annie, Annie, yeah. So, so they get that badass escape that makes absolutely no sense, that would have definitely killed them, but it's a great escape. Yeah. But they get it, and after all of that, Jack isn't sent home. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, he... He is, but it's like he made the ambulance bring them into the mm. city. So what do you think? So so we're at the point now where this obviously is Dennis Hopper has a backup plan. He he's kind of like the he Joker. He gets really he, fucking lucky. But does he get lucky or is he like the Joker where he just has a plan for every possible outcome? Yeah, yeah. But he gets so lucky that he catches Annie outside hanging around. Yeah. Yeah, no, he yeah, he there's no way he could have planned that. But but it's still a great turn that happens. Yeah. Do you know do you know what's really funny actually? There's a really funny moment where they have this moment where they turn on the tracker for the money and they're supposed to leave it in like a a trash can. And then on the tracker the money's like moving away from the trash can and Jack runs out and kicks over the trash can. It's like Dennis Hopper has carved a hole underneath it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then when he climbs down the hole, like they're like ten feet away from him. 
It's just like, how sensitive is that tracker? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the tracker looks like they're already like a few hundred feet away. <laughs> like that makes no sense, but still, it's funny. Like, so, so for anybody listening to this that doesn't remember exactly what happened, so after they escape, well, we don't really need to go into it. Dennis Hopper kidnaps Sandra Bullock, straps a bomb to her. Yeah, and uh, what other details are important there? Uh, he's got bags of money. He's got bags of money. And then he brings her down into the uh, metro, the LA metro, and empties out a train. And <laughs> so, uh, Pop like, his, Quiz... his plan from there seems to just be insane. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, he Jack does call him crazy. And what does he say to that? Um, Poor people are crazy, Jack. Oh, I'm eccentric. That's the best line. Now, that's a Dennis Hopper ad lib. Because <laughs> he's got three million in bags. Uh, but, so, uh, pop quiz, Shane. Yeah. Sandra Bullock has a bomb strapped around her in a subway. Yeah. What do you do? I shoot the hostage. <laughs> you shoot Sandy Bullock? Like in the knee. Well, I mean, I think I'm going to have to find a new co-host. <laughs> She's a... a a treasure, Shane. You can't shoot uh, Sandy Bullock. No, you shoot Dennis Hopper. Um, I'd probably shoot Sandy Bullock in that scenario too. Just in the knee. Well, the knee. The knee is a really shitty place to shoot. Like the leg, lower leg, like the shin or something. Knees. Yeah, but like... if you if you want to make her more reliant on you, <laughs> <laughs> she'll never break up with you. <laughs> This Looks so actually... much darker than anything else. <laughs> well, we just meant it as a joke. But this is where, like, I was saying, like, so I think this film's really well written, and a lot of people will say the opposite. They will say it's a, it's technically just three action sequences disguised as a movie. Yeah, there, there's actually a great, uh, you know, uh, honest movie trailers. Oh yeah, on their episode. They do, uh, it's like, 20th Century Fox presents three action sequences hanging around in a trench coat pretending to be an action movie. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the moment in the film where there's like a bit of heart where like, so so we have this whole train battle with uh, Keanu and Dennis Hopper, which yeah, kind of uh, makes no gr- sense. Great sequence, absolutely makes no sense. My favorite part of it, where uh, when they're on the train fighting, and Keanu looks at Dennis Hopper and he says, "Well, I'm taller." Oh yeah, I know. And then, like he he kicks Dennis Hopper. They're fighting on top of the train, and Dennis Hopper loses loses his head. And you're like, Wait, what? What did that line mean? What, that had nothing got to do with what just happened. No, the idea is that he's now like a head shorter. I think is the yeah. It's a great line. And then she's like, where is he? Oh, he lost his head. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love that moment where he doesn't have the keys. Oh, and, that's, uh, that's great. And she just <laughs> thinks she's going to die. But her, she's so good in that scene. Like, that's actually, like, that's a really sad moment. In, in this silly action movie, I was watching yeah. it being like, that's so incredibly sad. The way she, she reacts to it. Yeah, yeah. It's great. And the the um the thing I thought was like 
I was nearly like shading at the TV. I was like, break her thumb! Break her thumb! <laughs> <laughs> well, here's it. So here's the thing I was thinking about. And I know we've uh, we, we've maybe gone too far for this, but if we're in this scenario, if you're you're Keanu Reeves, I'm Sandy Bullock. Yeah, wearing my Wildcats shirt. <laughs> um, who who is Dennis Hopper? I know. I was trying to think about this the other day, and I couldn't. Uh... I think I know who it is. Dude. Like, think who who would be like one of the big villains from the from the history of disaster artists big villains yeah like we, we we've had our share of like people that we've met our villains is, is, is it jimmy savile again <laughs> exactly that's exactly who i was thinking of because he's kind of like kind of a similar character yeah yeah like i can see him making those phone calls and just making that weird orgasmic sound he used to make that everybody thought was endearing for some reason remember that remember that yeah. weird noise he made I think Jimmy Savile would be the one. He'd be angry because we like pushed him out of our country in the Red Dawn episode. So to get, <laughs> so to get payback, he plants a bomb on a bus that I'm driving for some fucking reason. Oh, and yeah. then you, you have to come and save me from. <laughs> Even though you died in Red Dawn, but like, yeah, it's... I think we've established. I always just bring you. To, we always bring each other to the Lazarus Pit to bring the other back. Yeah, it's a soft reboot. Yeah, yeah but we uh, have no memory. Our memory's wiped out, so we start fresh each time. <laughs> That's the curse of the Lazarus bit. I don't know if I'd get on the bus. Is that is that your key to surviving speed? Just don't get on the bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like Keanu Reeves got on the bus, so he didn't have to. Yeah. He didn't. Uh, I love I love yeah. when um, he like um where the bus gets stuck in traffic before it hits the 50 and he's like right behind it and then he gets he gets out and chases after them and he like cracks the window by banging on it which apparently is something he just did by accident um, oh really i didn't know when that. they were filming yeah and um but the, <laughs> the whole thing is like then they go off without him and he just stands there and then he just like robs the next car behind him his car is like 20 feet away <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's no need to go steal that guy's car. Yeah, like, yeah. But the time he flags down that guy's car, he'd run back to his own car and be back on track again. Like, but he needs yeah. another driver so he can jump. But that's a good yeah. script. Everything, it's everything a, has a yeah. purpose. Everything happens for a reason. So I, I'll stand by that until the day I die. It's a great script. Yeah. It's not uh, It's not Hemingway. No, but. If Hemingway wrote movies, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, that that's the thing, is a lot of modern movies, and especially TV shows, are very guilty of it, where they've lost all that logic. The way they're written. Well, like, yeah, yeah, and that's it. Like, like, that's it can really be... frustrating. Like, they, they don't, they break their own in-universe rules all the time. Yeah. Or, yeah. And mo- movies are intrinsically silly, because, like, you know we we massive time jump like everything that happens in a movie even your most serious artistic movie they're silly they just jump all over the place yeah yeah. it's all about like craftsmanship and how you just present that that it doesn't matter how fucking silly they are once they make sense in that world and speed speed is a film that makes sense in that in the world it's set in yeah doesn't mean there's a lot of modern movies that just don't 
nice. It's a real trend in the last five, six years. Yeah, it drives me nuts. As we're wrapping up, I feel like we're wrapping up anyway. Yeah, yeah. But there's something I have to mention because, so a big point of this film is that uh, Sandra Bullock's character says to Jack how, you know, they're never going to be happy because relationships based on intense experiences never work. Oh, yeah. So I've actually looked into this. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Now, so, for okay, it's completely untrue. There's not a whole pile of data to pull from because how do you how how do you really measure that? Yeah. But there is a lot of data on couples that have met during uh natural disasters. Oh, as yeah. in co- people who have been like on foreign holidays and a fucking typhoon hit and they met and yeah, ended yeah. up having a relationship. Uh and the the statistics would point that they actually have a stronger bond than most typical relationships. One yeah. of the big ones is uh, soldiers, particularly oh, in yeah. World War World War Two, who may have like I don't know, met nurses that they were working oh, with yeah, and kept yeah. in contact with, and eventually they came out. They came. They brought them back home, and they got married or whatever, and. Apparently, uh, divorce rate almost non-existent between those people. Yeah. Now, there is this. There, there's this other thing called a misattribution of arousal, which is, oh, yeah. say, you're at you're you're dating a girl and you just go on a normal date and that's fine. And then one night you go on a date and it's like you have dinner and then you go for a walk on the beach. But when you're walking on the beach, a shark jumps out and tries to capture one of you and the other fights it off that's never going to happen but let's say that happens (laughs) after that if you survive that it's probably going to be very hard like maybe if if you go home that night after that shark attack and have sex it's probably going to be amazing but probably going to struggle to replicate that oh yeah that feeling again and i think that's what when people talk about this uh that's you know, what they mean yeah, yeah that's what they mean but that doesn't like ha- that doesn't happen in real life generally it seems that if uh you meet under just extraordinary circumstances like even now we're to- like this isn't we're not living well we're living in a very weird time but it's not like we're living in the blitz but i would say yeah. couples that maybe couples that are coping with this uh lockdown we're living in now if they can get through that that's yeah, probably yeah. going to build a stronger bind yeah yeah like they'll probably drive each other nuts over the next few weeks and stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if they I've, can I've, make... I have a friend who he's been going out with a girl probably just about a year and mm. like he like they don't live together or anything like that but he's pretty much decided there about two weeks ago for the lockdown he went over to her apartment and he hasn't they haven't left since now uh, there you go. I was, perfect, I was like, that's going to be example. intense you know, for the two of them. But I think, like, there, there might be, there's definitely a case to be argued with, like, whatever sort of, whatever setting you make your partner become familiar with is definitely going to affect the relationship. Like, yeah. if you if you meet up with your girlfriend, if you if you say, say you start. Early on, you meet up every Friday night and you just hang around in your house drinking beer and watching Netflix. 
and that, yeah. becomes, and that becomes the standard yeah they're probably going to become really bored with you and not be too interested in continuing things yeah yeah but the opposite of that doesn't mean that like if you do something really exciting like you fucking get caught by a bunch of terrorists some night and fight them off that when you're not doing that every weekend they're not like oh we're not there's no excitement in our relationship anymore <laughs> well like, like bringing it back to speed there's the moment where they're getting the people off the bus and the guy who he jack calls him gigantor and he like helps him out a bit stuff so. yeah and he's he gets off and then there's the guy he's it's your man from ferris bueller and he's the con- country bumpkin or whatever yeah and yeah, he's yeah. he's like the last person off the bus and the ramp ends Who up also, breaking. Just everything. point out, doesn't he volunteer to like he waits to be the last? Yeah, because he's helping people on the yeah, other side. Yeah, basically he's a good the two guy. Of, there's the two of them. They're kind of the two guys who help Jack the most. So one of them ends up they end up being on either side of this ramp, helping people off the bus. And then uh, the ramp breaks and it's dragon, and your man's legs are like dragon and stuff. Mm. And then Gigantor pulls him up. And then they have this big hug. And when I was watching that, I was like, oh man, those guys are friends for life now. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that, was my, that was my first thought, is those two characters are friends for life now. That's who we are in this scenario. We're not, we're, <laughs> we're not Sandy and Keanu. We're the two. We're the cool black dude and the country bumpkin. <laughs> I'm not sure which of us is which. Yeah, I'm yeah. from the country, so I guess I'm the country bumpkin. <laughs> but I think actually they're probably the characters that are closer to us, just based on everything we've talked about. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But um, but no, just to, like going with what you're saying there, like they're those two characters are like you just you just know they're friends for life. Like you know, after that, yeah, yeah. I really thought um, it's again it's back to like how well it's written and stuff. So the characters in the scenario, so the two main characters are. Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves, like they, Jack and Annie, they kind of do everything right. Like they don't. There's no point where they do anything that I'm like, "Oh, that's dumb. Why would you do that?" You know what I mean? Like they yeah, try their best yeah. to get off the roads and through traffic with minimal damage. Then he get brings. They go onto that road. They run out of road. Then he brings them to the airport where they can rent. Like, there's yeah, yeah. There's absolutely no, nothing he, you could argue with. This is why maybe yeah, yeah. maybe this is a bad episode because we can't like. There, there was nothing huge that I was like, oh, I wouldn't do it that way, you know. I'd have probably shot all the <laughs> hostages straight away just to take them out of the equation. But you've only you've you've only enough bullets for like all but one of them. So the last person you have to beat to death with your gun. Then then this Harper just sitting in his, yeah, his yeah. weird office with his mannequin in the background, just looking at the camera, just being like, "What the fuck." <laughs> Well, that would be a good way to defeat him. Just be like, you think you're fucked up? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to beat all these hostages to death. I'm, I'm going to say a very bold statement here. And I think from a mm-hmm. technical point of view and a narrative point of view, I think Speed is a perfect movie. Um, I, I think yeah. I'm inclined to agree, agree with you there. I think it's a perfect it's movie. It's kind of I flawless, like... I can't pick out anything wrong with it. I'm not sure if it's the the writing that's the strength or the editing, but yeah, I don't. It's think, a perfect action movie. There, I don't think it's absolutely not wrong with it. But I think it's a perfect movie. Yeah, I guess the big question is: if we were in this scenario, do you think we could mm-hmm. survive it? 
assuming let's replace Dennis Hopper Jimmy Savile. with uh, Jimmy Savile. Uh, oh, I'd love to decapitate that motherfucker. <laughs> so we survive speed. Is that what you're I would say so, going yeah. with? We survive speed. What would you take? Is there anything you could think of that if you were to pack a bug out bag for this scenario, what would what would help oh. you in this scenario? Um, a pair of pliers for disposing of, <laughs> like for dismantling bombs. Yeah, I guess a pair of pliers. That yeah, that's the only really. If you would a pair of pliers for yeah. a lot of this, that would be very handy. Uh, <laughs> this is the best I can think. Of, like most practical thing I can think of. A gold watch. A gold watch. Like. Not sure how that would help you, but just to have it, yeah. you might be able to. Do you know who's an idiot? Actually, is is it's how Harry dies? Is he? Um, he does not check that house for any suspected booby traps at all when he really should have. Yeah, he like, really should have saw that coming. Like yeah. the standard procedure if you're approaching the residence of a known bomber. Like that's. Yeah, yeah but the time time was against them. That's what happens when time's against you. You just and it's, you, you forget your protocol. I suppose where a lot of people might get caught up, and I know I did as well. Is have to remember this movie set in a very very pre nine eleven world, where just yeah things were very different. <laughs> Especially that's with it, the airport just keeps running. Though, yeah. like. But to end this, I think we survive. I think this is. Uh, we, we we would have our work cut out for us, but I think, I think so. this is very doable. I'm not sure in this episode we, we've really done a good job in telling you how we'd survive, but I think uh, yeah. you can read between the lines. We confuse, when we see Discover the Camera, we confuse my camera by getting into a trench coat and looking like one person. <laughs> yeah, we, we we've both worked in multimedia for a long time. We could definitely fuck his. That's true, actually. There. Yeah, we wouldn't need to harass some TV guy to create a time, like a, a loop <laughs> for us. We could do this. <laughs> but I, th- I I I think we're fine, and I think uh, that's probably a, a good point to end this on. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back um, soon enough. Uh, I don't know what the next episode is going to be on, but it's going to be something fun like this. Our, what's our next Sandra Bullock movie in a row? I think we are. It does seem like we, we should go on to a, a Sandra Bullock tear. That, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> so do we do Bird Box or uh, Gravity next? <laughs> yeah, or um, time, time to Kill or some shit. I don't, was she in that? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, the net. Oh, the net would be a good one, actually, yeah. That would be a great one. But until next time, have a nice apocalypse. Stay safe and remain indoors at all times.